Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Fan of the Fans, and I am your host, Christina Garnett, and I am in for a real treat today because I know absolutely nothing about this topic, so I'm going to get schooled for about an hour. I am so lucky to have Azad Yakatali and David Malay joining us to talk about sneakerheads. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for on, having Christina? us. How's it going? It is going. I'm I'm really, really excited because like I said, I, I literally don't know anything about this. I know that I like my Chucks and I have my Vijas and that is really like the beginning and the end of my knowledge. So I got to start with you, Azad. The whole sneaker app, the whole like got em thing, I think you, whether you realize it or not, are actually my entry point into sneakerheads. Oh, wow. I, I know you're that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to ask you, if you were my entry point into the sneakerhead world. What was your entry point? How did you start this journey into sneakers? Oh, my gosh. That's a great question. Um, I started at a, at a wee young age. Um, it, it's just I, I guess I was a product of my environment in my neighborhood. Like everyone loves sneakers. And I grew up in a neighborhood where like sneaker culture and Fashion was huge. Basketball was huge. And, and and like growing up in the 90s, Michael Jordan was huge. Um, so that just became a, a thing in our neighborhood. Um, I'm from Coney Island, um, which is uh, the beach town of, in Brooklyn, New York. Um, and there's a great basketball movie, a Spike Lee movie called He Got Game. Um, that's like about stuff on Marbury's life story. And it's shot in my neighborhood. And Jordan Brand released a pair of Jordans for that movie called the He Got Games. That became my favorite sneaker. I was like 10, 11 years old when that came out. Um, became obsessed with that sneaker. It had a little, it has a little hologram on it, and that just speaks to like a 12-year-old. So <laughs> that got me into sneakers. That was the one that did it. That popped my cherry. Oh, I love it. That's super cool. Did you so did you get a pair? I didn't when they came out. My brother, my older brother did. Um, but as an adult, I was able to get a pair. I have a great pair now in really good condition. I've got two pairs actually, one that's a little bit beat up and one that's in great condition. Oh, I love that. David, what about you? How did you how did you kind of enter this world? So for me, it really came with my cousin. Um, so my cousin uh moved in with me when I was maybe like 14 in high school. And he grew up. I think Azad, similar to you, where he was in this environment where constantly he had the new the new shoes and like people around him had that. And so for him, I think it was he felt like he had to keep up and like be have those shoes to be in the in crowd, which was very different than what what I was grew, grown up in. Like I grew up in like just it, we were soccer, a soccer family. So like the soccer guys had cool cleats, but not cool Jordans or any of the, the great sneakers that we all love. Um, but when my cousin moved in. He came with all these pairs of shoes that were just really cool and, and we loved him. So that was how I first started getting into it. But additionally, really weird, we in Orlando is where I grew up and we had just tons of Nike stores there. He would be like, hey, this pair is actually way cooler and it shouldn't be on discount right now. Let's cop some. And so that's kind of how we first got into it of like kind of this bargain hunting of like finding the shoe that nobody else knew was cool. And you almost felt like an insider because you knew that shoe was more valuable than everybody else shopping it. Um, so there was like kind of this like insider knowledge thing that maybe was the first attraction point for me. So we have like the basketball side and we have the soccer side, which is, this is a very novice question. So maybe this is completely wrong, but I see people and they'll talk about like dunks and they'll talk about like, like more of like basketball sneakers. But then you also have the people who like live by Sambas. Like they have like 20 different colors of Adidas. 
is that all part of the sneaker world or are those like subsections or like subcultures within sneakerheads? Zod, you take it. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think it's all part of sneaker culture. So, I mean, these shoes are originally designed for like athletic reasons, right? So they're basketball shoes and they're better to be on a basketball court. Um, they're soccer shoes that are better being on the pitch. But um, like sneaker culture, the whole has kind of turned the most shoes into lifestyle shoes. Yeah. So like retro Jordans, older Jordans, people don't really wear them to play basketball anymore. They just wear them with their outfits. And nowadays, basketball shoes are like really high performance. And you probably can't pull that off with a great fit. You're not wearing a pair of KDs no. nowadays with the with a great fit. Um, and it's the same thing with Sambas, like um, or Sam Smiths, uh, Stan Smiths. Wow, Sam Smith, Stan Smiths. You know, those are originally tennis shoes. Um, and and now you will never wear them on a tennis court, but you can wear it with the suit. No, that's exactly right. So what I'm wondering is, all right, let's say that I DM'd either of you and was like, hey, I'd love to kind of get into this. What does that primer look like? What is that like sneakerhead 101? What would be like your go-to tips to be like, okay, here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to be looking out for. So for me, the first thing that I would do is I would take you to a local store that all they do is sell, you know, high-end sneakers. And I would just say, I'm not going to tell you anything about these shoes. What do you like? Because there's so many ways that you can get caught up in like the status end of sneaker collection, but there are some shoes that are really expensive and really quote unquote cool and like status signaling that are hideous to me and I would never wear. So I think at the end of the day, that's how I would introduce it to you is walk through a store, see what you like. And then when you point out, I like this one, I would explain, okay, here's where that fits into the, into the subculture. Here's what version of that is, et cetera. And some of the, give you some of the storylines behind it. But I think that's the first way is like, could you imagine yourself wearing those shoes? And that's how I would get you into it. If for me, um, I mean, I think that's a great approach. I can't steal your answer. Another way that I would introduce you into it, though, is um, ask you a bit about your style and like make some recommendations about some staples that I think every sneakerhead should have. Like a, a really clean pair of white sneakers. Um, you know, I know a little bit about your style. I don't know if you're an Air Force One type of gal or a Vija type of gal. Um, and then like when you want to be wearing something a little bit loud, are, are you going to wear some lime green sneakers or do you want funky prints? Um, so maybe I'll give you like two or three to kind of get you going. And then you can kind of, uh, that then you, those are your training wheels and you can go from there. I do want to hit on something really quick that as odd said, both of our answers were about wearing them and there are people. And I think historically that, you know, they, they, they buy them and they sit on a shelf and there is a, there's a, a great large movement. I would say the majority of sneaker heads are like, wear your shoes. And, and that's the encouragement. Rock them. Don't stock them. That's the motto. That's that's right. <laughs> I love that. So let me, let's just say that like, I'll pick on you as odd. Cause I've seen you do this at inbound. I know there was conversations about like how great the sneakers were, like how, what everyone was wearing. Let's say that you go to a conference next year and you see someone wearing a pair of shoes and you immediately think they have to be a sneakerhead. What are they wearing? Uh, that's a good question. Um, nowadays it would have to be something a little bit higher and something that's harder to get. Um, you know, a few years back, it would just be a pair of, like wearing sneakers to a conference would, would be a statement on its own. Uh, but now that sneaker culture has gone pretty mainstream, I think it would have to be something a little bit more higher end. I think a pair of Travis Scott's would probably grab my eye or um, Dunks, you know, had its 
its uh, moment last year and um, earlier this year. So maybe a, a really rare pair of Don Flicks and Chucky Duckies or something along those lines. I, I think that's a great point. I remember for me being in the athletic space, I think we probably had sneakers at our conferences a little bit sooner than everybody else, but there were not many. And now everybody's wearing Jordans. Um, I, I feel like Jordans are the ones you wear with like a suit. Like, I mean, wearing Yeezys would feel weird or something like that. Uh, but dunks, uh, I think to catch my eye to Azad's point, it'd have to be something like really rare, like a pair of like original, some of the original off-white colorways um, that would catch my eye. So in keeping with that, Let's say you go to a conference and then you see a lot of people, because sneaker culture has kind of been more pervasive and more and more people are looking at the same kind of brands and styles, do you feel like that can be a negative thing? Because now you're seeing everyone, I, I think I saw like a tweet about it and they were saying like, is this the like the shoe for girls? And it's because everyone had like black and white dunks, like the exact same colorway. The, the panda dunks, yeah. Yeah, Everybody yeah. Has them. And so yeah. when does like sneakerhead culture turn into everyone's wearing the exact same shoes. I, I don't I don't ever think it does uh, because there's so many and that is part of so part of the allure to sneaker culture is like the rarity of items and scarcity principle, right? We think about behavioral science and it's you know scarcity is a big part of that. So dunks are popular because in part because they do a ton of runs on them. Like they're they look really cool, but they're not like a rare shoe to find. And so like I have a pair behind me where there's less than 2000 pairs, like there won't be more runs than that and period. So like, it's not ever going to be at a point where a bunch of people are going to be wearing them. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. What do you think about like celebrity like collaborations, like specific, like, do you think that that kind of like, like lends itself to that scarcity is like, not only is it a specific brand, but it's this brand plus this player or this singer or rapper what do you think about yeah, that in terms of adding yeah I, I think it does um but it depends on the celebrity um you know we mentioned yeezys earlier in the in the conversation and kanye is probably the first one to really make a sneaker that was like sought after and like competitive with the jordans and things of that nature now travis scott has as well um but then like you know, the Billie Eilish has dropped. No one really cares about them. Like, ASAP Rocky has a, a a collab with Puma, is it? No one, like, they they they, they don't, they aren't those big movements. Bad Bunny has a collab out with um, Adidas and they, they can sit on shelves. So I don't think, I think the celebrities wearing a certain pair will, like, increase the value. So if you see Taylor Swift when she went to that Chiefs game and she was wearing New Balance 550s, um, 550s are having a moment or, and that like was the pinnacle of it. Like then that really introduced New Balance to uh, an even broader crowd. The, the crowd that was wearing Panda Dunks all, all of last year, they went out and bought themselves a pair of five fifties because that was uh, that that was kind of like a pair that kind of had to be in the know to wear recently. Um, but now they're super mainstream. So I think that's where the celebrity impact comes in. Where if something is cool, something's a little bit niche, and then a mega star starts wearing them, it becomes more mainstream. Yeah, I think the interesting thing with all collab. Well, one, I think I, I got to think that sneaker culture was one of the, especially with Jordan and Nike, was really one of the first mainstream consumer products that was like collaboration, right? Especially between a celebrity and a brand. And so 
a lot of things have evolved from sneaker culture that are like much more mainstream right now. Like you talk, we talk about the power of a collab. And I think for me, it, a lot of it is as well, the power that that person is bringing in their niche audience. So if you're a diehard Billie Eilish fan, you might go buy it. But unless the sneaker is really cool and really rare, most people, it's going to go unnoticed. One thing that is more popular, I would say, in terms of performance is whether that shoe is really popular and cool, is less of celebrity collabs and more designer collabs. So one that's coming out, I don't know, if, are the Joe Fresh Goods, the New Balances, are those out yet? Are yeah, come yeah out? Uh, they're come out next week, I believe. The, they come the, out next the, week. the belly ones, right? Yeah, they come they're, out next week. They're it's, sick. Oh, no, they come out this week. They, they should be coming out this week. They're sick. <laughs> So we're recording this on December 13th. I think they come out on Friday. I Friday, I believe. December yeah. 15th. Yeah. So Joe Freshgoods is a designer who tends to focus on like black culture and certain elements of that. Like uh, I think last year's collab or the last collab he did with New Balance was like, it was called Outside Clothes. And it was elements um, from black culture that like really they wanted to hammer home and highlight in a unique perspective right and so i think it is this way for a big corporate brand to be able to shine light on social things or um, different types of causes or values let's call it that a designer might have when they collab with a designer that a celebrity like a billy eilish or travis scott even might not have so i think designer collabs have been more popular in terms of are those cool shoes I think it's also just another way of elevating culture too. Like when you're talking about this, you're able to bring luxury, but also with, like you were talking about these cultural moments and talking about like basketball culture and African-American culture and like bringing all these things together and that they can be just as luxurious. I think that you don't see that normalized in a lot of luxury. So I'd love to know when it comes to like sneaker culture, do you see that too? Like you're actually elevating community and culture and what was probably in the past not seen as something that was luxury and now it is because of how sneaker culture is growing. Azad, you go you go yeah. first. <laughs> That's a tough question. Um I'm not sure because like there is a lot of conversations about like these big brands that they don't do enough for their communities that mm -hmm. are uh, spending money on them, that people are, are dying over these pairs of sneakers. Uh, and these these big brands are not in those communities really making an impact besides on launch day. Um, you know, there's always that narrative about like kids dying over Jordans and Michael Jordan doesn't care about them. So it's, it's a tough balance. It's capitalism in America. We're victims of it. Um, so I don't think, I, I think, I think sneakers are a big, big part of like hip hop culture, black culture. I don't think it's a two-way street though. I think it's it's very profitable the other way around. Yeah. And I I mean I I know that I don't think when I put on a pair of shoes I'm thinking about that. Maybe I should be thinking about that more. Um but I I I will say if it's a specific designer with a specific cause like we mentioned Joe Fresh Goods and like outside clothes. Like if that is the perspective like yes, I know why I'm buying those shoes and I'm buying it maybe because of that. Um but for the most part, I oftentimes feel like I'm appropriating culture more than I am like elevating it in my, in my own personal opinion. I think that's a really valid like concern and way to look at it. I mean, if we're, if we're seeing sneaker culture and seeing that we're like, like you said, capitalism, like they're making money off of this demand. Is there anything that you'd like brands to do to really kind of step in and be in those communities? Like, what does that look like? And I say that not knowing that like, 
I don't have the answer yeah, either. no, that, that's a great question. I mean, uh, an example of like a sneaker that was supposed to be uh, bigger than the shoe was like the Jackie Robinson dunks that came out last year. Nike made a big deal about it, uh, honoring Jackie Robinson, and then like resellers scooped them all up and they were just super hard to get. People who care about the history behind it weren't able to get them. So I think um, like brands can can make these shoes more accessible to the people that they're supposedly speaking to and marketing to, as opposed to um, feeding resellers and bots. Like Nike says they care about resellers, but I, I find it kind of hard to believe. Um, and another thing they can do is just really invest in in communities, right? Um, Nike put some money behind these basketball courts in Brooklyn, which are great. They're right under the Brooklyn Bridge, but the, it's a huge marketing spot. Like it's the most beautiful park in Brooklyn, one of the most beautiful parks in New York and their logos are all over the courts and the courts are great. If you go to some of the poorer neighborhoods yeah, and you're dealing with like New York, New York public parks, uh, the rooms are hanging, you know, off the backboard, the gates may be locked. The courts are all messed up. Um, like, Nike, Reebok, Adidas, they can put some money into those resources for these neighborhoods. Um, that would make a huge difference. And then brand brand the hell out of it, but make it nice. I agree with Azad. I, I think if you can make more of a campaign around it where you're actually adding action to it and it's not just like tons of graphics and, or a cool 30-second spot, that would probably go a little bit towards it. Yeah. No, I love that. I mean, obviously, I'm kind of customer obsessed and love anything that kind of showcases that you're investing in the customer. And I think investing in these communities that either want to be a customer or will be a future customer or saving all of their pennies so they can be one. I think it's really powerful to say, we see you outside of launch day. Like we see you outside of when you pay us, especially for like basketball shoes, really kind of bringing it back and investing in those communities so that those kids have a place to play that's safe and then wear the shoes. I think that's really powerful. I, I'd love to see that. Yeah, I think that would be huge. Um, and I haven't seen any of the brands really do that. Athletes will do it. Athletes will come back to their hometowns and, yeah. you know, refurbish a court or build a gym. But these multi-billion dollar industries won't unless unless it's tied to an athlete and it's a marketing opportunity, uh, then they'll do it. At the end of the day, we got shareholders. Yeah. 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 Well, speaking of community, I think that's obviously like a really important thread for like how to give back, but also the sneakerhead community as a whole. So we've talked about resellers, which is probably not like a friendly side of the community. But beyond that, do you see like camaraderie in the community? Do you see people saying like, hey, I have a pair that you're looking for and I'm not going to keep it. I'm not going to try to like get times five what I paid for it. Like, are you seeing those kind of connections where people are able to bond based on their love of shoes? Azad, how does how does community show up for you? I mean, I have my I have my thoughts on it. Uh, yeah, for me, I mean, you know, I'm in a couple of group chats um, and we will look out for each other. Like if a pair is coming out and, and someone wants them, someone else doesn't, uh, you know, we'll enter in the raffle for each other and whoever gets it, we'll just ship it to the other person or, or drop them off to the other person. So there's like community there. Um, and I think that's like kind of the the extent of it. There's not many like sneaker meetups anymore. Um, yeah. Like, you know, sneaker con used to be a great thing. 10 eight years ago not so much anymore now but like 
like we said before, resell resellers have ruined everything. Um, yeah. and all of these like conventions are just turning into like little pop-up shops for resellers. Um, and it kind of takes away, but yeah, you know, I, I've got a core group and a couple group chats of people who are in the culture, love the culture for what it is. And, you know, you've got the connects who work at sneaker shops who will kind of get you a pair when you need them. Those always come in handy. So I think the community is there. Uh, but like when, when anything that is niche becomes popular mainstream, then there are a bunch of other folks in there who are profiting off of it, kind of ruining it a bit for everybody else. For sure. And I'll, I'll explain the reseller and bot piece a little bit more too. Like we keep t- mentioning it, but we haven't talked about it. So like Nike is primarily, and, Adi- and I guess Adidas too, right? I, I don't, I haven't entered in a lottery for an Adidas shoe and I don't know how long, but so Nike and the sneakers app is like the main way that you would win a shoe off of re- uh, off of, uh, off a draw. So what they'll do is like a new shoes coming out and Nike will promote it. And they'll be like, Hey, at 10 AM on Friday, December 15th, we are going to be dropping the shoe and there's limited pairs. So everybody waits on their phone, like a Taylor Swift album or a Taylor Swift concert ticket. And everybody's sitting there waiting and you enter in to win. The problem is so many bots have taken over that process and the odds of you getting a W and you, you often will see people say, oh, I got an L on that shoe and it's, you didn't get it. And so resellers get it and we're left to pick up the pieces on StockX or Goat or at our local shoe store. Um, so that kind of like hits on on that whole thing. Piggybacking off of what you said, Azad, I saw someone had sent me a tweet and it said that like fandom destroys everything. And I don't think it does. I think that's a very hipster take, but I do think that fandom creates supply and demand and then greed steps in and destroys it. I say this as someone who tried to get Foo Fighters tickets this week and I'm like, Ticketmaster is my villain origin story. Like, <laughs> I don't care. I'd get a job there just to break it and then like quit. <laughs> like, I'm so angry at them. <laughs> I'm so mad. But I think that's it. I think you you see a passion and then someone who's watched way too many Gary Vee videos says, how can I make money off of this? Yeah. And then does it's, that. <laughs> it's not fandom that ruins it, right? It's capitalism, right? People are yes. trying to profit off of For people's sure. fan- others' fandom. So that's what yes. ruins it. Like Agreed. they create, they create the face false scarcity and drive the price up and profit everything. And that's always been the case with, with concert tickets for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Um, and, and has been the case for sneakers for a long time. It's it hit like critical, mass last year but like for people in the culture like a really rare pair you're still not getting them unless you were camping out or you had connections and you're paying uh, a premium for them but like recently they were just regular sneakers that were you couldn't get a before you'd be able to walk into Foot Locker and get a pair of like general release jordans which are one of the pairs of jordans that released on sneakers and they put out the hundreds of thousands of pairs and you'd be able to get them at your local Foot Locker try them on you know if you don't like them don't get them with the rise of sneaker sneaker culture in the past couple of years, that has gone out the window because of these resellers and these bots who buy up all of the stock. So then you're left to try to get those pairs the day that they release and not even really think about trying them on or really like seeing if you really love them or paying a premium to them after they get them. But that's not fandom, right? Those are people taking advantage of the fans and, and systems. Yeah. And, and I think to your point around the quote, Christina, like that'd be like, I, I feel like I was one of the first people listening to Drake. And I, I, I always think that I think, feel like there's probably a million other people that say that too. But I mean, for, like for us, it, that'd be like, oh, I don't like Drake now that everybody else is listening to him. I'm like, no, the world, 
the world is better that everybody is listening to Drake and that I'm not holding on to that really cool thing, right? It is the hipster take. So speaking of things that you want, but you probably can't get, I have to ask you, what is your grail shoe? Like money is no object. There are no resellers or bots. You can just walk into the store and it's right there. There's like a, like a halo of it. You can hear the angels singing when you can't walk near it. What's the shoe? It's David, you're up. It's at retail price. So I'm probably going with, uh, Azad, do you remember like the UNC off-white Jordan 1s? Of course, yeah. Those, my best friend has a pair that he won from the sneakers app that in the drawing. They're <laughs> like, you are you pointing to yourself? You have them too? No, 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 I don't have them. No, no, no. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I wish. So they're, I, I, I don't know, they're probably 5,000 on StockX right now. And I'm like, yeah, there's no hope. There's no hope I'm getting them. Um, no hope. But that would be my my all time grail, or or I would say probably like the no I'll leave it at that Azad you you go for it. Uh, for me, it's the cost fours, the gray uh, suede Jordan fours. Uh, okay, they did they did a collaboration with um the pretty popular like street artist uh, that goes by the name of Cause K W S, um, and he does a lot of like cool art, and he's all over Brooklyn. Brooklyn Museum. He's done like a Kid Cudi album cover. Um, he's done a couple of collaborations with Nike. First one were were the the cost fours. Jordan fours are my favorite sneaker. My favorite artist. It's just a beautiful shoe. They're going for like twelve grand on StockX. So oh, I was just <laughs> looking. I was just looking them up. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna drop that. we're gonna drop the Venmos. At the yeah, very yeah, end yeah. of this, and just like we're, donate we're drop the link to my GoFundMe and donate um, to the Grail Fund. If your <laughs> listeners want to make make you know make my wish come true this Christmas, uh, <laughs> let's let's get that up to twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, love that. Too cool. So you mentioned Christmas. Christmas is coming up. We are publishing this before Christmas because we want to be able to help people who are doing some last minute Christmas shopping. What are the general tips that you would give someone if they're trying to find sneakers or get something for? either their brother or their boyfriend or um, even their girlfriend. Like sneaker culture is not just for for guys. I don't want to have that be the thing either. What should they be keeping an eye out for? Are there any drops coming up that you haven't mentioned? What should they be keeping an eye out for? And also like, what is StockX? What is the yeah. sneaker app? Well, that, 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 that ties into this, right? Um, my recommendation was going to be StockX is like the I, do you use StockX or use Goat, or what do you use for a secondary? Yeah, I use Goat. I, I, okay. I don't. I don't really love StockX, and then all the fakes I got through kind of makes me a little nervous. So I use Goat. That's fair. So there's multiple secondary uh, resell platforms, if you will. So that became a problem that Azad hit on of like fakes being out there. So you could meet up with somebody on Craigslist, and that whole thing is sketchy, which is how people used to do it. Um, and it's sketchy because you don't know who you're meeting on the other side of that transaction, and you don't know if that shoe is fake or not. So StockX, Goat, some of these secondary platforms uh, have created this marketplace where you send in your shoe that you've bought and you want to resell. They verify it, make sure it's real, and then they send it out to the end consumer. And then they're putting up a, a little bit of markup on that. Uh, it's probably more than I would like it to be. But one of the things that I do when I'm finding like new shoes that are not grail kind of pairs um i go on StockX oftentimes and there's there's different sorting features and you can find one that is for below retail and you can find really cool colorways that have just been retired and they're not new or maybe they came out earlier in the year or a couple years ago and they're below retail 
And you can find some really cool colorways on Air Maxes, on New Balances, on Jordans that just for whatever reason have not been as popular, but are still like, I still like those colors and I would wear those shoes. And so that would be my thing. If you're going to get, go Christmas shopping for somebody and you want to get somebody, you want to get somebody a gift that is a sneakerhead, that might be a cool way to do it, to get them a pair that they don't have that you like and that you both enjoy. Um, for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go the hype beast route and get them a pair of Kobe Grinch reverse Grinches that just came out. Um, they should be should be easy to get. Um, but so obviously Kobe Bryant recipes passed away a few years ago, and he had a pair of uh, sneakers that were in a Grinch colorway for Christmas. Um, so super rare pair. Um, this year they're releasing that in an alternate color, and they did pretty much flip the colors. Um, and that's probably the most one of the more, more hyped Nike drops coming out uh, this holiday season. So if you want to stick to the theme, I'd say go with a pair of those. Um, Kobe's are kind of hard to wear uh, with that outfit, yeah. but they're a cool pair to have in your collection. Um, if you know someone who like just loves sneakers, but don't know what to get them, maybe get them like a really, really cool like cleaning kit, like a rejuvenator, like a, a Jason Mark kit, like one of the full um, sets. And then there's this really dope, sneaker stand that I haven't got yet, but it's called the X-Float, and you can levitate your sneakers. Um, I think they use like magnets. You put magnets in your sneakers, and they levitate. Uh, so if you're looking for like a, a, a niche idea for a sneaker head and you don't know their style, that would be a cool thing for, for them to add to their uh, repertoire. Those are great ones. Uh, you can never have enough shoehorns either. Like a good, a like good, good shoehorn. Horn. Yeah, a good, good shoehorn. Stop your shoes from creasing. That's a big deal. So if you're wearing your shoes, they're going to crease. And so the more we can take care of them, the better. So you brought up something that I thought was really interesting. When we think about like fake fashion, I think most people think about like bags. They think about like Canal Street and stuff like that. For people who aren't aware, how big is like the fake shoe market? And like, how do you even know what to look for? Azad, you hit it. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm pulling something up while you answer this. Yeah, yeah, no, of course, it's huge now. Um, and it, they've gotten so good that it's, it's really hard to tell. Um, and I think this is a lot of uh, fashion as a whole right now. If you go on TikTok, like you see people talking about dupes all the time for high-end brands. And um, it's even, it's like a subculture of its own where people are proud to wear knockoffs. Um, so, you know, there are some ways to, to check, um, you know, there are some experts on YouTube who will break down like every big release and, and and show you like the stitching and the glue marks and show you that like this is from a Nike Nike factory and this is not. Um, so that's the, the way to do it. But there, I guarantee you that there are people out there who think they're wearing a super rare pair of sneakers right now and they are fake as all hell. <laughs> um, and that's just unfortunately, and they probably paid, you know, $2,000 on StockX for it and they got it authorized and or verified and they were just really good fakes. Um, and it's something that it's it's really happening a lot in sneaker culture and fashion as a whole right now. Um, and it's, it's a hard thing to battle. Okay, so here's my take on it. Um... Azad, are you familiar with Artifact? I am not, no. Okay. So this is one of my favorite brands, especially like brands that most people don't know about. So Nike bought Artifact during the NFT craze and they had a project called Clonex. Do you remember this now? Yeah, I do. I, did, I didn't know that's how you pronounced it. <laughs> yeah, that's how you, that's how you, it's like, it, for those of you listening, it's like R-T-F-K-T. Yeah. Um, so I have a pair of Artifact Air Forces that I just pulled up. Um, that, that's their, the box is crazy for it. Um, 
And I think this part of why Nike bought Artifact is because this company is makes a really they're really well known for digital items, right? So what they did during the NFT craze was they made NFTs of shoes that were Nike shoes, basically, right? And then a year later, after you had that NFT, they had something called forging. So you go in there and once you, there was a period of time that you could buy the NFT. And then they said, hey, during this week, we're forging these and you can go in and exchange that NFT for physical bear. And you still get to keep the NFT. It just gives you a different NFT out, like an, a, basically like a purchased receipt almost. And I hate talking about it in terms of NFTs because NFTs have just gotten such a bad rap now. But in the physical shoe that I have now, what you can do is just put your phone up to it. And with like an RFID, a uh, little RFID thing or NFC technology, not RFID. With NFC, it pulls up who actually owns that pair of shoes and whether it's real or not. And so for me, I'm thinking, I think that that was Nike's long bet. Like they didn't actually care about the NFT game. They cared about, we have now a technology that we can use, that we can start putting in all of our shoes where you can see if this is a fake or not. And it's tied and somebody can just tap their phone to the shoe and it's pulled up on blockchain that that shoe is real or not. I love that. But the tech, the tech girl in me is like, eventually that will be duplicated in some way. Where it's like, it's Probably. a different blockchain, but they make it, they almost like cloak it. So it looks like, it goes, and then you just it, look for the code and you're like, okay, well, it says it's good. It's like, but even with that, I just, I find that there's it, a way to like duplicate just about anything at some point. It'll take them to like Nike.co instead of Nike.com. And <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, that pro honestly, um, but yeah, that that's my take on the fakes. So would love to know when we're thinking about sneaker culture as a whole, where do you see it going? Like, do you see it like it's at its peak now or it was at its peak during like COVID when people were kind of stuck at home playing with the sneaker app? Like, where do you think it's headed? Do you think it's kind of hit its crescendo? Yeah, I think it's it's kind of normalizing now. I think it peaked uh, maybe last year or two yep. years ago. Um, and it's, it's kind of coming back to, to reality of where it was and where it was when I fell in love with sneakers, where you can buy a bunch of sneakers. You can you can go and hunt for a pair at the outlets. And if you go to a city that doesn't have a big sneaker culture, you might be able to get a rare pair in those outlets for under retail. That hasn't been a reality for four or five years. Um, I think we're slowly getting back to to that place. A, a, a pair that came out earlier this year that was supposed to be hyped, the reimagined uh, Royal Blues. Like uh, you you would think a year ago those would have been gone, and they were on sale last week. So sneaker culture is going back to to the to the culture. Like people who love sneakers are now getting the sneakers that they want. They're able to to re really build up their collections and not break the bank doing so. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I think it definitely hit its peak during COVID when stimulus checks came out and everybody had extra money to spend, and so they spent it on sneakers. And I I think it really. It really boomed during that time period. I think there was also during that whole period that was like meme stocks, NFTs. There were a lot of people that were buying things with the hope of reselling them. And Goat, StockX, those platforms had already long been established. And so you really easily had a quick way to jump in. I could flip a pair of shoes casually or think you're you're going to. Um, I mean, I had, I had a friend that was like that, that they... They jumped into it because they were like, oh, I could make good money doing this, flipping. And then they bought a couple pairs and they're like, I really like these. And then they kept them 
And so I started wearing them. So I don't, I, I do think it's kind of hit its peak, but what is interesting about it is just in general that streetwear and high fashion have merged into one. And I think that will, that trend will continue, even though the cost of high-end sneakers probably has gone down. I think the cultural impact is still going strong. I totally agree with that. So I think streetwear is, um, a lot of people who maybe not, uh, who don't really care too much about street fashion will will kind of associate that with like the supreme hoodies and all that from maybe a couple years ago but now street fashion has kind of really weaved its way into to everyday fashion to the office like with brands like ald and kith where you're getting a little bit of a higher and more polished look but they're completely tied into like classic street culture staples and you're always pairing those outfits with sneakers or sneakers from ald or kith um so i definitely think that's definitely the route where we're going where now it's it's a whole package as opposed to just the sneakers. Do you think that also is tied to COVID as well with everyone working from home and kind of like the whole idea of like, no one's wearing it. Well, not everyone, but like very few people are wearing suits. Yeah, absolutely. And now I think the dress code in the office have, and most places have, have relaxed from pre COVID to now. So like, even if you're going back to the office, you're probably wearing sneakers now as opposed to wearing some wingtips. Um, and that's just because you're going in two days a week and you're, you're getting away with sneakers and, and a t-shirt as opposed to having to wear slacks and a button up. It is this interesting thing now with work culture. And, and I, I have found like even going out where it's like what you're wearing needs to be nice. And that doesn't mean dressy. Right. So like if you're if you're wearing a pair of thousand dollar Travis Scott's, sorry, those are nicer than your pair of two hundred and fifty dollar wingtips that traditionally that mentality would not have been there. But I think because more people understand that it has become more commonplace. What I'd love to know, too, is um, I know you talked about like the shoes that were on sale that you were kind of shocked, like they would have been sold out last year. Are there any other drops that happened that you thought were going to be huge that just bombed? I I have a pair that I, I didn't think it was going to be huge, but I mean, I think more common is like, I have the, you know, the, Azad, the, the craft uh, threes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the, it's, it's become my, they're like a nice, like light gray bluish pair of Jordan threes. And I like the silhouette for, uh, for like wearing to conferences. I think they pair really well with like a suit or something like that. And I kept that pair and I thought, I, I didn't open the box for a couple months because I thought, oh, I think these are probably going to be really hard to get. But within a couple months, the price shoots up and then it goes back down and normalizes. And I think that is more common where there's a lot of hype at first and then it goes back down and, and normalizes. Whereas before you would have seen that continue to hockey stick up. Yeah, for me, I think it might have been last year when the, the reimagined uh, Chicago's came out and that so... Um, Christina, for, for context, this was a re-release of the first pair of Jordans. Like they did a, a special box for it. They they made a big deal about it. They included like this cool receipt from from the 80s when when they would have come out, um, had a had a sale sticker on it as if you would have paid that price uh when they first came out. And they were aged to look like they were they were found in the back of a warehouse from the 80s. Um, really cool concept, really awesome release, really, really, really um big hype around it. And then they were they were pretty easy to get, um, and they didn't go for crazy in resale either. Like I, I was able to get three pairs, um, all for retail. I, and everyone that I know who wanted a pair got them uh, when they came out. So they, that for me was like a sign that things were slowing down, um, and that was a pair that kind of surprised me. What do you what do you think causes that? Because 
I mean, for me, my initial response would be the storytelling around the shoe just isn't strong enough, right? Like it's a yeah. cool colorway, but and it looks cool, but you need more story to get people emotionally hooked into it. But from everything you just described with that release, it seemed like they did the little pieces of lore to help build it up and it still flopped. So what do you, I mean, Christina, feel free to answer that one too. I mean, why yeah, or I, why not does it pair hit or not? For me, I, I think that just might've been a sign that sneaker culture was kind of fading out of pop culture um, a little bit. I think that was the, the beginning of the end for this big craze that we were in because Jordan 1's, um, had peaked a year before dunks were the craze when these came out so like but this was probably the best pair of Jordan ones that have come out and maybe since Travis Scott ones um, and no no one really seemed to make that big of a deal outside of the true sneaker culture uh, true sneakerheads and that to me was just kind of like okay the rest of the world ha has moved on from sneakers and there's something else that they're they're now all obsessed with that's really interesting I'm wondering too if there's a difference between like the hype cycle versus the real people who are interested in it. Cause I, I think that that's like you like, I think David, you're the one that said it, like you see it, you see it spike and then you see it drop down again. So that spike is like where the hype cycle goes. And then the people who are not like diehards, they kind of fizzle out as soon as that like resell opportunity goes away. And then you're kind of left with the true believers who are left to kind of like grab whatever inventory there is. Which I think is pretty common in almost all fandoms, right, Christina? I mean, it's a, it's yeah. that way with concert tickets. It's that way with sports tickets, right? It's like you that with community. This. It's like that with community. I've I've talked to people before sure. where everyone jumped on community at the same time, and then a lot of the people who were doing, you can tell who was there for the hype cycle because they've moved on. Like they're they no longer mention community. It's AI. It's something else. Like they have. It's not the shifted. it's not the buzzword anymore. They're the like this this one's too hard. <laughs> Yeah, you just have to you just wait you wait to see like who's left after the hype cycle's over. And those are the people who are like, okay, you actually mean it. Like you actually care about this. No, I think those are those are probably great answers there as to like why or why not it does it fade. Um yeah. So I would love to know um one last question. So someone's listening to this, and apart from the brands who need to do more in the community and give you your grail shoes, what is the one tip? that you would give someone who's entering the sneaker space? Um, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I, I would say find somebody that can, a guide that can walk you through it would be my mine. And then buy what you like, buy what you like and wear it. Rock it. Yeah. Don't stock, rock it. Don't stock it. That's, I was just going to say that too. Buy what you like. I mean, I think uh, a big part of the recent rise in secret culture has been like the idea of buying what's popular. That's where the term hype beast comes in, where you're just buying things because everyone else likes it. Don't do that. Buy something that you like because you'll wear it because it matches your style. Um, it can be something on the, on the clearance rack or it can be a super rare pair. As long as you love them, get them. Yeah. I, and going, I mean, going back to this whole community thing of like, how does it manifest where we, we probably don't have as many discords or, or things like that around it. But I do think there's something to be said about walking around somewhere and a random person just says, Hey, love those, love those threes. And there's nothing, there's nothing that makes my day. Like when somebody calls out, Hey, those, those are sweet shoes, especially if they know what they are and they call them by name. It's like, a, we're in, we're in on something that everybody else doesn't know about. And it, it's a cool feeling. Yeah. It's one of the best feelings, honestly. It's just like when someone, or, or they just give me the head nod, like they, 
you know sneakerheads they, they they make shoe contact before they make eye contact and like if someone looks at your pair and they look up and they kind of give you like the nod of approval um it's a great feeling yeah that's perfect and that, that with that i don't think there's any better way to end this thank you so much both of you for joining me today i have learned a ton and i'm probably going to go on StockX and see what that's all about um but if the audience wants to get to know you, wants to follow you on social. Azad, where can they find you? Yeah, uh, just follow me on Twitter. Um, it's my first initial last name, A. Yakatali. I'm there. I'm tweeting nonsense. I'm tweeting my L's uh, on sneakers, <laughs> um, complaining about everything else. But follow me there. Connect with me there. Love it. David, where can we find you? Uh, I'm most active on LinkedIn. I'm such a business bro. Uh, <laughs> but, we'll uh, forgive it, you for that. <laughs> Just David Malay, M-I-L-L-A-Y on LinkedIn. Occasionally, I'll put stuff out on Twitter. I need to get better there. I feel like it should be the reverse. But on Twitter, I'm just David.Malay, M-I-L-L-A-Y. Feel free to reach out on LinkedIn. I, I accept most people. Thank you so much for joining us. This was fantastic. Thank you again for joining us on Fan of the Fans. And until then, good luck grabbing those sneakers. Bye.